Hey there, festive film fans. Welcome to another great episode of Retro Life for You, Movies of the 1980s. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and today we're unwrapping a holiday classic, A Christmas Story. Join me as we step into the snow-covered nostalgia of Ralphie Parker's quest for the ultimate Christmas gift, a Red Ryder BB gun. A Christmas Story is a heartwarming tale that takes us back to the innocence and magic of childhood during the holiday season. The film is set in the 1940s, captures the essence of family, tradition, and the anticipation of that one perfect gift. We follow young Ralphie's adventures from dealing with bullies to navigating the challenges of growing up. And let's not forget about the leg lamp, the infamous bunny suit, and Ralphie's daydreams of saving the day as a heroic sharpshooter. It's a delightful mix of humor, nostalgia, and timeless holiday spirit. From the Red Rider BB gun to the infamous tongue on the flagpole scene, A Christmas Story reminds us that the greatest gift of the season is the joy of family and the magic of Christmas. So what are we waiting for? Let's jump right into it. Ho, 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 everybody, and welcome to the show, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show, and sitting in with me this week is somebody who is truly outrageous for the 80s. (laughs) Cindy, this truly outrageous 80s. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm fantabulous. Is that a word? That's good. That's good. I don't know if it's a word I think or not. so. I use it. You use it? Okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go with it. Today, uh, we're doing one of two episodes with Cindy. Cindy's going to be uh, participating after this in a bonus episode with me as well. Uh, today, we're doing one of two Christmas movies that we're doing for the month of December. And today, we're going to tackle a Christmas story. And um, it's always one of my favorites as a kid growing up was a Christmas story as far as 80s movies go. At the one line you heard over and over and over again throughout the film. Uh, shoot your eye <laughs> out, shoot your eye out. Right. He just, he just wanted his Red Rider BB gun, right? And I got something specifically for this, but I'm going to build it up a little bit here. He's asking everybody. He's asking his mom. She shoots him down. You know, you put your eye out, honey. So he goes through. He thinks he's going to go through his teacher. They have to write a theme <laughs> for what they want for Christmas, right? So he's like, yes. I'll write it on my theme and she'll think it's the most beautiful thing ever. And I'll, she'll help me win my mother over. And uh, he gets his paper back and he gets what, like a C plus on it. Yeah. And it says, by the way, you'll shoot your eye out. And he's like, Oh, my mom already got to her. So he's in dire needs at one point. He's thinking in his head, what can he do? And it finally hits him. The answer is the big man himself. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus. <laughs> when he sees Santa Claus, he is going to ask for what he wants. And, uh, I'm going to play this. I hope it's going to come through okay. It should. If it don't, I guess I'll be editing something out. But this is what we come <laughs> up with right here. No, no, I want an official red-eyed car. When I should do it, I can't my lay rifle. 
You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Poor Ralphie. He had to take the slide of shame. The slide of shame after he got pushed away from Santa and told yet again, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Poor Ralphie. Poor Ralphie. Anyway, uh, I remember you said that you watched this, uh, what, just today? Your first time in a while you've watched it. It's been years. felt like watching it brand new again. uh, It was. So kind of give us your thoughts on it. What you you were thinking about, you know, was it... Was it something you could stay into still at this point? Would you were you still liking it? Or was it just one that you kind of powered through to, you know, to get the whole thing in? Or no, I definitely liked it, and um, I will say because it's been so many years that there were a lot of parts that I was like, I don't remember this. Whether it's been that long or just my memory is <laughs> failing me, um, there were parts that I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute, this is kind of new. So that was good. Um, I love um, just the whole narration thing. I mean, it, supposedly this was kind of like the inspo for the Wonder Years. So that mm-hmm. whole part was really nostalgic to me because you always kind of find yourself thinking the same way when you're talking to other people about your childhood. Right. It's almost like you're narrating and you're seeing it in your head, obviously, because whoever you're talking to isn't seeing the images, but it's almost the same thing. Right. When you're telling a story of what you've done at one point as a kid, you're remembering your trip on your bike across town or something or going down to one of the local swimming holes or something. And the thing that happened is you're telling the funny story. Obviously, they don't know. They don't have a visual of it, but you're trying to paint a visual for them to hear. And in your mind, you can see it clear as day. Right. It's, it's kind of the same way for Ralphie. I mean, Ralphie is uh, just like the adult version of him narrating this this movie. And you're getting his remembrance of wanting to get that Red Rider BB gun at Christmas that year. And some of the other things that happened along the way. So, yes, definitely. Uh, so when was the first time you seen this? Did you see it? Uh, I, I, I don't think it came out. What was it? 81, 82? It was early 80s. I'm thinking 82. 80, 82, 83. Yeah. I think 83. Yeah, it's 80, 83. It is 83. It wasn't much of a movie going, I guess, you know, there's too many of us. So most of these movies I saw on TV. So I was, I was most likely older. Let me see in 83, I was like five. So I probably saw it late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't think you seen it when it first came out. I was like, it's a little bit too close right there. Um, Being a little bit too young for that. I think the first time I seen it was on VHS tape as a rental. Uh, around the holidays you're trying to find something to take home and watch and i think it was something like that and it was probably mid 80s yeah, probably probably around i don't know 12 or 13 years old because when it came out i would have been 10 so I, I do believe i saw it a little after that and it just it really made me laugh the first time i seen it because i was just thinking of it as a kid even as a you know a preteen or just entering your teen years, you've got tons of things you want, right? Your heart is set on something. Yeah. (laughs) You want that one gift and you're dropping hints all year around for that one gift that you want. And nine times out of 10, you probably don't get that one gift, the one exact gift. You know, it might be something similar to it or like it, but not the exact one. And um, he was specifically wanting that particular red rider BB gun. Um, that he talks about. There's an there's a big long description for what he's got, and I can't remember how the whole thing. I know, goes. me neither. 
but he definitely was dropping hints, leaving articles in his mom's magazine and just trying to subliminally slip it in. I thought that was funny. He's like, what does she get her her magazine this month? It's conveniently going to have an ad for the Red Rider BB gun, in which case it will be in her mind that she might want to pick that up for me. <laughs> yeah, it was, there was a lot of funny parts that. Or it's a reminder he'll put his eye out. I don't know which. Uh, yeah. One of the things I was reading about earlier about this movie, it was he specifically wanted the Red Rider BB gun, right? So uh, Red Rider was a character from comic books. And he was similar, well, from comic books and radio both in the 1930s and 1940s. He was a popular Western hero like Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and the Lone Ranger and such. Mm -hmm. So if you're a young kid and you like things like the Lone Ranger and all these deals, then this was something for you. So specifically the Red Rider. We didn't get like, you know, the the Roy Rogers BB gun air rifle. That was not good enough. No, it's got to be the Red Rider. Sure. A lot of cool things about this place, though, about the movie. Um, I was reading up on. Um, and some funny things as well. I mean, I didn't notice this in the movie. Maybe you did. Every time the family is eating dinner, did you catch what they were eating? Meatloaf. <laughs> it was always meatloaf. Yes. Red, red cabbage and mashed potatoes. Red, yeah, the red cabbage. He kept looking in the pots and was like, oh, red cabbage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every meal except for the one where they at the end, end of the movie when they go to the Chinese place to eat because they had lost their Christmas dinner due to the Bumpus's dogs. <laughs> oh my god, that was terrible. That was another thing. Seeing this movie today, um, I was seeing it as a mom as well. So yes, I definitely identified with the whole shoot your eye out. That would probably be words <laughs> coming out of my mouth as well. Um, just identifying with her and you know with the lamp and her reaction or. You know, don't touch the turkey, all that stuff. It's like, okay, yes, definitely mom vibes there. <laughs> and, and it's funny. It's like she had this eye all around the house for everything that was going on. She could be upstairs and uh, the husband's hollering up, is, it, is everything okay? She's like, oh, he'll be fine. We'll be down in just a minute. He's like, yes, she's upstairs. He starts to cut the turkey. <laughs> she goes, and stay away from that turkey. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny, or like just his, you know, his um, prof- well, so-called profanity every time he went to the basement to fix the furnace. Uh huh. And then it's like, okay, where did you hear that word? When he's like, oh, fudge. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, um, like she don't know where he heard that word. Yeah, before. exactly. <laughs> it, he goes, but I didn't say fudge. <laughs> it was the mother of all words. What did what, what do you say? He's uh, like F dash dash dash. Yeah, dash dash dash. Yeah. <laughs> And how funny was it? She's always telling him, you're going to shoot your eye out. And everybody else is saying, you're going to shoot your eye out. He finally gets the gun. He's happy. His father's happy that he's seeing the look on his son's face. He bought him the gun. And he's you know he's loading it in front of him, getting it ready to go. He's going to go out and target practice. And he sets the paper target up on something solid, of all things. Mm-hmm. And goes back. He gets ready to shoot it. And he shoots it. And it ricochets right back and hits him in the face just under his eye. But it didn't. I don't think it hit his glasses because his glasses weren't broke at the time. No. So his glasses fall off. He's he's like, oh my god, I think I shot my eye out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> After all this time, and it happens. Oh, um, I know. You feel so bad when it's like his glasses are perfectly fine, and he just uh, didn't see them, and you hear the crack, and it's like, oh man. Yeah, 
and you you mentioned about his um the old man's cursing and everything down there. Everything he did was pretty much ad libbed, but uh-huh. it was it was gibberish. He said he kept it to gibberish, so it didn't make no sense because they had to have a PG rating. Right. He didn't he didn't want nothing to come through that would be you know perceived as a certain word of any kind. So even like he says the the, the stupidest things, like when his um his major award when his major award <laughs> gets broken and he looks at the wife, he says, you did it on purpose. You never liked it. And you used up all the glue on purpose. And he wants to say something after she tells him she hated the, 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 the lamp and it was stupid or whatever. He wants to say something. And the, the narrating of Ralph, he's like, and the old man's winding up. He really wants to get something out and tell her. But all he came up with was, not a finger. <laughs> what? What is not a finger? What was that? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think he knew. But it's just gibberish stuff like that. It was, it's funny. Um, I mean, as far as funny parts go, what do you think one of the funniest parts in the movie for you was? If you, if you were to pick one absolute part in the movie, um, there were so many cute parts that I liked. I guess. I just, you know, what was funny for me was when the parents came back looking for um, Ralphie and Randy and they were still in the cotton pile, like just defeated. I was like, oh my God, that was funny. <laughs> for me, I was, it's just the feel. You could see it, you know, you could feel it. It was. Yeah. Just that whole, I think the whole scene with him being pushed down the slide and the elf, you know, hurrying him up and then him freezing and then blurting it out like you know as yeah. he's hanging by you know his hand well the little I love that like part. come on kid the store's gonna close doing the head like this side to yeah. side while talking to him or the kid online he's like i like santa <laughs> just the weird yeah. <laughs> the weird phrases <laughs> yeah yeah the uh oh god every kid in front of in front of ralphie that gets in his lap just starts busting out in tears Yes. And it's funny because if you remember as a kid going to the department stores or going to the mall where Santa is, um, you would see a bunch of kids be put up on his lap to get pictures made, right? The parents want the pictures. And the kid is just boohooing in terror because some old weird man in a red suit and long beard <laughs> yeah. got a hold of them and sitting on his lap. And they don't want to be up there around him. They want to be gone. I actually remember that situation myself. <laughs> I don't know how I remember, but I do remember crying on Santa's lap. I think I was probably three or four. It's one of, and the only reason I think I remember is because it was a a year that, it, the one year that I lived in a building, I'm from New York, so we lived in a building in Queens. And somehow, I guess the, everyone got together and decided to do a party, like a building party. And it was done in the basement, the super dressed up as Santa. and that was like the one and only time. So I think that's why I remember, but mm-hmm. yes, I was placed on his lap and I remember like, get me out of here. <laughs> like, who is this guy? And you know, you know who Santa is and you see the cartoons and everything, or you see, you know, from afar on TV or whatever. All right. But I guess just the fact that he's like right here and okay, you kind of get the sense that it's not the real one. So it's like, okay, who is this guy? <laughs> Well, and to top it off, you know, the department store Santa's all had, they've had so many kids around them and so many kids, um, you know, sitting in their lap and just being near them in general that 
there's like a, a there's like a distinct smell on Santa. You know, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't smell very good when you're hanging around him at this point. That is and, true. And maybe not only that, but he might have got accidents from mm. kids along the way or something, and who knows what all happened. Which would explain his mood towards the end of the day. Right. Exactly. And. So I, I I remember you know going to see Santa and everything. I don't remember actually crying or anything, but I do remember looking at him with a weird look, like you know I don't want to sit in your lap. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll just take a GI Joe. I'll be happy, okay, and then make my way on. But I, I don't think um, I don't you know remember it, the last the last time I remember seeing because I don't think my daughter ever went to the mall or anything. I don't think we ever took her to sit in Santa's lap or anything like that. My mom might have done that, and I can't remember. I don't know. She's seen him in Christmas parades quite a few times and stuff like that. That's about the closest I think she came as far as us taking her for stuff. Because I was like, I, I didn't think she would, that she would like it. She was always you know, not interested in getting up close to people mm-hmm. she didn't know or something. So we weren't going to put her through all that. We just told her, said, you know, you just tell us, you just write down what you want, and we'll mail it to Santa and make sure he gets it and sees it. <laughs> He sees all his mail. For some reason, he can read all his mail. But right. He can't answer, but he can't it's answer magic. his phone. <laughs> right? It's magic. He can answer all his mail, but he can't answer his phone. I'm sorry, we can't call him this year. You know, and then funny. of course, and then of course, what? they started those numbers. You know, oh, yeah. remember the, the numbers where you could call and hear a message from Santa? The kid would get a kick out of that. Uh, but I think they charge you so much per minute or so much per of call. Of course, <laughs> it's like five bucks per minute. Yeah, I remember. Um, the letters, I guess somehow you had to, you could sign up or you could get some stationery with like pre-written and just fill it out with the kid's name. Because mm-hmm. I used to get letters that I'm assuming my mom would mail to the house or the apartment, <laughs> whatever. And I used to be like, oh my God, so excited because Santa wrote me back. I think there was something mm-hmm. they had out there where you, that your parents could just turn your name in, sign your name up, you know? And when you yeah, was was it, it would it would like auto generate and put your name, you know, dear Cindy, dear Chris, you know, dear Travis, or whoever it is, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just and it would come out to you. And you would read where Santa is asking you, "Are you being good? And have you had a good year?" And I understand you like this. Like your parents would put your name in there and what you like. Like if you like, in my case, like you like GI Joes or He Man or Transformers or you know, whatever the case may be. And I understand that you're a very big fan of the G.I. Joe toys and the He-Man action figures and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It felt personalized, yeah. Santa knows. Yeah, that's the best. I remember taking my kids probably once to take pictures. Um, Nobody cried, but I don't know. I guess I just did it just so get one and but the, we didn't go back um yep. our mall definitely had a good santa though real beard and everything <laughs> yeah well it's always best if you got one with the real beard because when the kids the kids can tell you know <laughs> yeah. if it's if it's a bad beard or fake beard and they grab a hold of it and pull it they're just like nope nope it's the best it. part of movies when we were growing up. You can totally tell. Right. I mean, and if a kid has seen a movie where a kid checks the beard, the first <clears> thing <throat> they're going to do when they get up there is look and tug on it a little <laughs> bit. And if it, if it pulls down, well, they can let go of it and snaps back up on his chin. I don't think that Santa's getting them anything that year. They're going on the naughty list. They're getting coal. Yeah. You no. Know, coal in the stocking, and that's all they're getting. Most uh, kids these days, it's like the, the way they do their um, pictures with Santa. 
is uh, they take a picture of themselves and go to Photoshop and put another picture of Santa right beside them, probably. Yeah. Or, or they go to the cardboard cutout, you know, sitting in the mall oh, yeah. somewhere and take a picture by those. There's no more actual contact anymore. Santa might have, <laughs> hey, Santa might have COVID. We can't have that. <laughs> we can't be, can't be going that route. Yeah, you sit um, way over there. <laughs> it's colder in the North Pole. We don't know what they catch up there. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, what did I have here? Oh, funny parts. We were talking about funny parts in it. Um, one of the funniest parts I liked was when they had, is at the end of the movie, uh, the Bumpus's dogs had got in the house because when Ralphie and the mom came in, they didn't shut the door good. Mm-hmm. After Ralphie had, you know, quote unquote, shot his eye out, right? Um, and the Bumpus's dogs, are, you start seeing a streak of dogs go across in front of the camera, and the dads are reading the paper, and he pulls the paper down, and nothing's there. Pulls the paper back up, and three more come running in front of him. <laughs> One of them bumps his foot or something. And he realizes they're in there, and he, he realizes they're going to the kitchen where the food is. And he's yelling at them, no, no, no. And sure enough, table gets taken out. The turkey gets taken. All the stuff is messed up and gone. The mom is about to just die at this point. All this time she put in for the dinner, making the turkey. Ralphie's like, no turkey sandwiches, no turkey uh, tetrazzinis or something. You know, no turkey hash, no turkey this, no turkey that. What are we going to do? Then they go to... A restaurant. I think the only place that's open was a Chinese restaurant, <laughs> and it's called Bowling. If you look at it, it it was actually it said Bowling. The <laughs> W the W is gone. All you see is B O and L I N G Bowling for the restaurant. I don't. So, re- <laughs> I, I, I don't was, remember that part. I mean, I remember I, the part. I just didn't pay attention to the. Well, I didn't either. I read I read about this earlier. That's where I got it from. It says the W is not lit. The Chinese restaurant is named Bo Ling. There is a neon sign across the top of the storefront that reads bowling, except the W is not lit, <laughs> which adds the extra humor to it. Um, when they go in to sit down, um, the mother is the only one. Um, Melinda Dillon was her name. She got a different script than whatever all the rest of them got for the dinner. So the kids knew what was going on and the father knew what was going on, but she did not. She didn't know they were bringing a duck out with the head still on it and everything. So her re- <laughs> her reaction to seeing the duck was legit. It was real. Wow. And, you and could the, tell she was just. <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, oh, oh. The manager's like, it looks good. looks good. Yes, looks <laughs> And then good. he chops the head off. Right. He just chops it right in the middle of the neck off completely. Which then, now makes sense with her additional reaction to that. Yeah, because she's almost laughing at this point. <laughs> So it's like she realizes they pulled one on her. Right. And it is going. But uh, the humor part leading up to it is them singing to them. They cannot <laughs> say the the letter. They can't pronounce the letter L to save their life. Right. And the songs are singing. <laughs> so uh, deck the halls with boughs of hoary. <laughs> and it's fa ra 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 For years and years. I mean, even till here recent in years. When Christmas is around and we're doing Christmas stuff, I might just have the blue just go fa ra 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 ra. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about except for me. I mean, they're all like, right. Unless they know the movie as well, right? Unless they, and then most of the people around me is not watch a lot of the older stuff like I do all the time, so it's fresh on my mind, but not on theirs, even if they have watched it. 
Um, right. <laughs> and um, I talked about my niece earlier. She has no clue what any 80s movie is. The girl does not know Top Gun. She doesn't know Dirty Dancing. Wow. She doesn't know Gremlins, really. You know, certain 80s movies you would think pretty much all kids would still know. She didn't know what the Goonies was either. Um, I told my sister, you said you have failed your daughter. <laughs> you <laughs> have failed, failed this child. Parent, yeah. <laughs> you failed this child. You should at least make sure she knew what those were because when the new Top Gun came out, Maverick, she was like, what's the big deal with that? Like, well, it's been so long since Top Gun came out and we're getting a sequel to it. She goes, what's Top Gun? Like, I, just, I don't know you no more. I can't talk to you. <laughs> just disown. Disown, that's right. You're shunned. <laughs> shunned from my presence. Get going, kid. <clears throat> but uh, there's a place. I'm trying to remember where it is. Um, somebody had bought the house that they filmed it in. In 2005. Um I'll just read it as I found it. The 19th century Victorian home used for the exterior shots of the Parker family home was put up on the auction on eBay. The Cleveland, Ohio home was purchased for $150,000 by an avid fan of the film, and his name was Brian Jones. Jones then spent the following year restoring the home to the way it looked on screen. The exterior was completely restored, and the interior was renovated to match the interior of the home shown in the movie. Parts of the interior were actually filmed, they said, in Toronto, not there in you know Ohio. Uh, on November 25th, 2006, the home finally opened its doors as a tourist attraction, and Jones spent close to $500,000 in preparation for this grand opening. In addition, he also purchased a house across the street, and converted it into a gift shop and museum dedicated to the film and the house. Wow. That is dedication right there. That's a fan, yeah. <laughs> That's a fan with a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I love a lot of stuff, but I ain't, I ain't making no house and museum out of them. Uh, but still, though, I mean, if someone's in that area and they want to visit it, there's something they can see. It's kind of cool. And when you go there... um. Which is, um, well, no, I'm sorry. Not the same place. That's Cleveland, Ohio, where the house is. Uh, the place that the movie is set in, which is in Indiana, there's a Indiana Welcome Center in Hammond, Indiana, that features a statue of Flick with his tongue stuck to the flagpole. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute, by the way. Yeah. People, people got to know about that. Uh, the site also hosts an annual Christmas Story Comes Home event, which includes Mommy's Little Piggy Mashed Potato Eating Contest and the O-Fudge Relay Race <laughs> and Santa Santa's Mountain complete with Red's um, Red Slide. I started to say Red Slide. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Santa's Mountain complete with the Red Slide. So, I mean, there's things out there to this point today that people can go and do for something like this. It's really something else of what people do. I know this is totally unrelated but somebody bought the house the Outsiders was made in and restored it, made a museum out of it. Wow. Uh, for the movie stuff and everything. So I've heard a lot of uh, that going on. Just different movies that they're bringing back yeah. the house. Yeah. And I'm, and then just, you know, <clears throat> it's pretty cool. So some of the most um, well known houses from TV shows that you've seen the outside of so many times, people will go and 
either they want to go see them, they want to get their picture taken in front of it, you know, whatever they can do. And I was reading recently the the TV show Charmed when it came on in early two thousands. People recognize that house uh, in San Francisco. It's an actual house there, and they would go there and stand in front of it and have their pictures made. People actually live in that house, though. Yeah. Right. They did use the house from time to time, going in and out, and getting you know film shot. And the people who owned it made a lot of money off of it. And that's great. I imagine they just like their privacy at this point, since the show is no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I think a lot of people do that because I see people like with pictures in front of the Bundy house or in front of the Brady house. Right. Right. All kinds of things. Uh, there's a guy on YouTube. It's got a, a video series. This is really, it's kind of interesting. He goes to places where movies and TV shows have been shot film locations. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like on into, and he's in, he's in California. So a lot of the stuff done in California, he'll go over, but like the high school from, um, fast times at Ridgemont high, um, the beach location, like where the Karate Kid did their thing with the soccer game, the boys mm-hmm. were playing in the sand. It's also the same place where they did some stuff for Point Break, um, and just other places in general. I wish I could think of the man's name. I should have uh, thought about that earlier and wrote it down and just directed people to his page or something for something cool. But uh, you can you can YouTube um, just Hollywood filming locations, and he'll probably pop up on there somewhere. I've actually been trying to do that when i go places like when i went to the ghostbusters like um firehouse took a picture in front of that or i went last year to connecticut and took a picture in front of mystic pizza Mm -hmm. um oh this year i went to right here in new jersey is the the park setting where they did the big um movie the movie big carnival Uh right so like in the background where you see him on his bike looking for the carnival like where to go you see kind of like um the bridge in the background so i took a picture there and kind of morphed it into that scene in the movie so that people know exactly what i'm you know trying to portray there but it's, it was an idea that every time i go somewhere that has some kind of movie location or tv location that's what i want to do hopefully i get a little more time to go to different places to have more content like that but you did say you'd like to visit all 50 states at one point, you were telling me. So that yes. would be cool. I mean, there's a lot of places you could go to where filming was done. I'm actually um, going up to Boston for New Year's, so I'll be getting that picture in front of Cheers. <laughs> I started to say, if you do not come back with a picture of something for Cheers, I am going to be disappointed. No, definitely. That's right on my itinerary. I got I, I got to see that one for sure. That's good. Sounds cool. And make sure you get a Boston accent when you go there. <laughs> you you got to talk like Matt Damon or something. Or right. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> How's your mother? You know, make sure you ask how the mother is, too, because he always does that. Or so, <laughs> so they say anyway. Um, <laughs> there's nowhere down here I could think of I could go to for something like that. I mean, there's been a few things filmed in Nashville. Uh, but they weren't, um, that I can think of a lot of major stuff. The major stuff that was done that I can think of would be like the Green Mile. Mm-hmm. But that was at the old state penitentiary. That is, you know, you can't just walk in there. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still used by the state uh, prison systems today, not to house people, but it's like a storage place. They use it for mm-hmm. storage for stuff. And they keep somebody at the gate every day, um, all three shifts. To make sure nobody is coming onto the property, and, and there's even <laughs> trying uh, to take a picture. 
Yeah, take a picture, get a souvenir from it or something. Uh, uh, people who are doing like ghost hunting things because there's you know there's always the rumor it's an old abandoned prison. Right. People died in there. There's probably ghosts in there. They'll say so. They want to go do that, and you know they can't get permission to go there because you know of course if they get hurt, you know state it's liable for stuff like yes. that. So like sorry, but no. Uh, there's even a couple of houses on the property still that some people live in. Uh, so it's, you're also going on people's property, going through there to get to the actual place. There was a Jeff Speakman movie that was filmed up there. There was a documentary that Brett Michaels did, the lead singer from Poison, about uh, Death Row, which that used to be the place that housed Death Row whenever right. it was when it was open. Anyway, so there's been a few things go on. There's been some things filmed in the uh, Centennial Park in town. And a couple of downtown things. Nashville's starting to get more popular, though. Um, I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, Nashville is one of the, I don't know if it's one of the or if it's the top one um, as far as most like cities to move to now. People want to move to different places. Um, I know quite a few years ago, 10 years ago, it was down in the, like, it was like a top 20 location, but it's grown since then. And I went to Florida for 10 years and came back and Nashville looked nothing like it did the 10 years before when I was there. So you get all kinds of people moving here now, all kinds of stars moving this way and everything, musicians, which you figure musicians anyway, because it's Music City, right? Right. But actual stars come here often now to see things that are here, which I'm like, I don't get it because I've been here all my life. There ain't nothing here to see <laughs> that, that great. I mean, downtown anyway. I mean, it's like a bunch of bars. <laughs> it's a bunch of country western bars basically i mean if that's what you want to see great it's there and you know a few things surrounding the area like historical type stuff but still nothing movie wise for me that would be real fun so I, I'm, I'm disappointed on that i'd have to go somewhere cool but i wouldn't go to new york though i'd get lost in new york and i wouldn't fit <laughs> in very well i would stand i would stick out like a sore thumb all I had you to think? do was ask. I, I just had to ask a question. Uh, yeah. And they're I like, listen, so. they're like, listen to that accent. Where's he from? Then of course, you know, I'm gonna be like, oh, I see how it is. I <laughs> talk to the southern boy. The redneck's in town now. We can't talk to him. <laughs> anyway, we're getting way off the topic. Yeah. Here. Um, back to uh, what we were gonna talk about. Um, Flick sticking his tongue to the pole. The kids, uh, this is something kids are notorious for doing. Always daring each other to do stupid stuff, right? Yes. Always. And it's like there's a, as Ralphie said in the movie, there's a a certain etiquette to these things, right? You don't just, (laughs) you don't just hop over and jump straight to the end thing. You know, you're going to build your way There's levels. There's levels of daring. Exactly. There's (laughs) levels. You know, I dare you. I double dare you. I double dog dare you. You know, you gotta build your way up. Give the other guy a chance to look good. So he's like, you know, he don't want to do it. He's not trying to talk his way out of it, but you gotta give him a chance at least. And some people just skip it all together and they go straight to the ultimate and they go, I triple dog dare you. That's just rough. <laughs> I mean, straight to the point. I mean, make everybody's eyes go wide, mouths drop open. Now the guy has no choice but to go ahead and do it and show right, him. Right, he can't back out. <laughs> There's no way his tongue's going to stick to that frozen pole, right? No. It does. <laughs> stuck. Stuck. <laughs> oh, stuck. I know, like, he's oh screaming. God. You feel so bad for him. 
they're like, oh my god, it does work. <laughs> but the funniest part's going into the classroom because they're like, the teacher's like, where's Flick? They're like, no one knows. I don't know who you're talking about. Wasn't he in the playground? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then finally, one girl raises her hand, laughing, and points off to the side outside. You know, the teacher looks and she's like, "Oh my god!" Well, you know, there was rumor talked about before how somebody had stuck their tongue to the railroad track, right? And wasn't it said, like their the dad's story or something? The dad's story, mm-hmm. yes. His friend had stuck his tongue to the railroad track, and the fire truck had to come get him loose. They're like, "No way! Your old man don't know what he's talking about." <laughs> who was the Who were the first people on the scene to get his tongue off the pole? Yeah, it was the firemen. The firemen, followed by the police. And Ralphie's like, "Oh no!" So, so one thing I teachers- kept thinking throughout the whole thing is like the time period. Hmm. Just the cars alone. I was like, okay, this is an eighties movie, but and they never say what time period it is. Well, if you remember, he is he's it's the eighties movie, but he's supposed to be grown up when he's narrating as a grown up version of himself, right? So he would have been a young kid in the time frame, but a fully grown adult. We don't know how old of an adult, but they were speculating on this, and it was anywhere from nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty three. That's the 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 range of years because of the specific Red Rider BB gun, right? And it makes certain, sense, right? Yeah. And certain things on TV and radio they were talking about and referencing. Well, just the, the radio shows alone, like you know, mm-hmm. right? You don't watch, you, you don't listen to radio shows in the eighties. <laughs> no, obviously not. But I mean, we knew it wasn't the eighties, though. We knew it was a past. It was set in the past, anyway, yeah. Just from the cars it's just alone, never specifies exactly what time period. Right. They never give you an exact year or anything like that. It's just kind of implied that it's this year. You know, so we'll, we'll just say nineteen forty-three for sake of argument or something. And they never imply and tell you that it is. You don't see a newspaper with a date on it. Um, nothing along those lines. But they drop you little hints, little subtle hints about the time frame and era that it's in. And if you go research stuff like that, luckily I didn't have to do any of the research. It was already on internet, obviously. So, <laughs> but they're saying based on certain things, it's anywhere from 1939 to 1943 in that range there. They just couldn't settle on a certain date. It could have been anything like that. Um, did you know they made a musical adaptation to this? I heard about it. I haven't seen any like images about of it, but I heard they did. I haven't either. I haven't seen it or anything. Where was the, that? Was that a, here in um, the city or well i basically what i got from it yeah on broadway it opened mm-hmm. on broadway in uh 20 set uh, 2012 i'm sorry uh in 2012 this is a staged musical adaptation of the movie opened on broadway one of the co-producers was peter billingsley himself that played ralphie oh wow so um That's cool yeah and uh he went on to do several other things not much when it comes to movies really uh, but he did do like movies such as The Breakup in 2006, Four Christmases in 2008, Iron Man in 2008, uh, A Christmas Story. Really? And, yeah, he had, he had a part in Iron Man. It's not like he was Iron Man himself, obviously. Well, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't anybody major, I don't think, but he had a part in it, though. The only thing I knew he was in was Elf. I don't even remember him in Elf. What was he in Elf? He was one of the one of the elves. <laughs> Oh my in the God. workshop? How did I miss that? 
Yes, yeah, I can I see. Which, I can see that in my head now. I forget which what his name was, but yeah, he was one of the elves that is trying to get him like to fit in in a certain spot. Like it's trying to get him to do this or that, or and then like when you know, it's like oh, okay, yes, and you see his face. But now, when but, it comes to when it comes to Iron Man, by the way, he was just a producer. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay, so which is what I knew. Him. I knew he worked behind the scenes, but I never knew anything else that he was. In front of the camera for aside from Alf. And then that new one that just came out. Well, I'm looking for, uh, or maybe I'm under the wrong part here. I'm under producer, I guess. Everything I see here is so in producer, executive producer. We want, oh, here we go. Actor. That's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to find these things. Um, That Spider-Man Far From Home. Played someone called William Gentariva. I didn't know that either. Four Christmases. He was a ticket agent. Um, let's see. Elf. Ming Ming. Uncredited. Ming Ming. Yeah, he was <laughs> Ming Ming. That's awesome. He did the commercials know. too as a kid, like after. Oh, yeah. A Christmas do, story. Do you remember even before Christmas story, he was doing the Nestle Quick commercials? Yes, yes. And how funny is that? He's doing that, but in the movie, he's like, don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> how excited he was when he was trying to use his decoder and see what the secret message was. And it's like, it's a commercial. <laughs> All that time for a stinking ad. What? <laughs> drink your Ovaltine. He was working hard for that message. <laughs> his mom's trying to get him out. Yeah, his mom's trying to get him out of the bathroom. The, son, the, the brother's got to go to the bathroom. I'll be out in a minute. Jesus, hold on. Finally gets his thing read, and he's like, Don't forget your oval teen. <laughs> what? That was typical, though, and back in the day. So much yeah. build up, so much waiting for this or that. And even when you receive whatever it is you're waiting for, you're like, this is what it is. <laughs> his stories he had in his head too. His daydreaming, right? You know, he's daydreaming about how he saves his mom and dad and <clears throat> brother from Black Bart and the other people. He's uh, daydreaming how he's saving, I guess, the teacher. Um, there was I another... love that scene with the fruit basket. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's he like just... winking and everything. Yeah, I thought you might be tired of the other stuff, you know, and. Uh... Yeah, working working for that A, and he's 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 trying his best. Oh my, he's like the student when all the other kids come in with an apple a day, he comes in with a whole fruit basket or an apple <laughs> and a banana. Yeah, here's an apple and an orange just for you, my favorite teacher. <laughs> they um, dream about the A plus 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 plus. Right? You know, there was a dream sequence, a dream fantasy sequence that was shot originally and cut out from the movie. Um, that they were doing also, where he was helping Flash Gordon face Ming the Merciless. Huh. And they cut that out. That didn't quite make it. So I guess they felt it just didn't really set in with the rest of the feel, or maybe they had to cut some stuff back to make the time frame. I, I don't was know. just going to say that. Does Would that even go along the lines of like a, the time frame? I don't know how far well, I Flash mean, Gordon it, goes, but... Flash Gordon had a radio... Um, a radio show for uh, the kids years and years and years ago. Ooh, okay. uh, also, it was also it was a comic book. It was in it was in the the comics in the newspaper as well. Whenever they started putting comics out in there, so it's got a history and everything. But the thing is, he kept doing stuff that were western based in his head because of the Red Rider BB gun. So yes. how, how does that fit in with 
the sci-fi fantasy feel of Flash Gordon. Yeah, that's true. Not so much, I don't think so. Um, I can see them not, you know, not taking it or anything. Uh, some funny things we learned from the movie. Uh, apparently, the Lone Ranger had a nephew named uh, Dan who rode a horse named Victor. I thought that was her just being sarcastic and funny to him when he was doing his crossword. But <laughs> she was serious, and she was correct, apparently. I could not see that. Uh, also, the real house used during the filming can be found if you go to Google Maps. And you type in the address and go to Street View. You can see the actual house. Oh, wow. That's, okay. So I don't know if I should give that address that or not. Like, <laughs> so if anybody wants to find that, just uh, Google that information and uh, it'll tell you where to uh, type in, where to go to, and everything. That way, I'm not getting in trouble if there is any trouble. Uh, you did mention that this was the uh, inspiration to the Wonder Years because I guess because the narration and such, that's cool that they did that. Do you remember when he was doing the thing with Black Bart and he was doing the you know, cock the gun and he turned around and he'd spit? Yeah. Like the he first was, thing I saw was like, does he have <laughs> tobacco in his mouth? Yes. Yes. 12 years old. He was given real chewing tobacco, the big chief it was called, by the prop manager for his scene when Ralphie's dreaming of being a sheriff confronting Black Bart. Because afterwards he got sick for an hour on the set. So they thought it was better to give him raisins to chew and make brown spit instead of real chewing tobacco. You think <laughs> a 12-year-old kid, you're going to give him actual tobacco to chew on, thinking he's not going to get sick or something? Yeah, that wouldn't fly. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so we're going to find one or two more things here. Uh, Will Wheaton auditioned for the role of Ralphie. Oh, did so, he? Yeah, I did so. know that Ralphie was the first to audition. And he got the obviously got the part, but that they still wanted to audition supposedly thousands of kids. Yeah, but he he got the they said I guess he was perfect for the part. I guess uh, and the first was, one to audition, which is interesting. Right, there was somebody else. Uh, I don't think I saved it, but I, I still remember it. Uh, Jack Nicholson had interest in playing the father. I did hear that, and uh, before. Yeah, here it is. Uh, according to the director, Bob Clark, Jack Nicholson was given the script and was very much interested in the role of Mr. Parker, the old man. However, Clark didn't learn of this until later, and the studio didn't want to pay Nicholson's fee anyway, which would have doubled the budget. Uh, regardless, Clark said that Darren McGavin, who was uh, the guy that played the, the, the father, was still the better choice, was born to play the role. He did an excellent job of it. Yes, he did. And they never uh, mentioned his name. He's just... You know, old man Parker, uh, just old man Parker, basically Mr. Parker, old man, old man Parker, dad, you know, yeah, it's just like so they never mentioned his name. That was another thing that's up in the air, yeah. So, a few other things for people to look forward to if you want to watch the Christmas movie, a great Christmas movie to watch as a Christmas story. But, uh, Ralphie confronting the bully finally, yes, uh, that was a good part. <laughs> was it Scott Farkas? Was that his name? I think it's Scott. I, think not, so. I used to think it was Scott. No, it's not a regular but, name. But when you look at it online, it says Scott Fargus, I believe. I'm looking now. Um, yeah, Zach Ward played Scott Fargus. And he had his little little crony with him called Grover <laughs> Dill. And Grover Dill, the little kid, like a little mini mobster kid. Yes. With that hat on and everything. 
crazy stuff. Ralphie finally confronts his bully. I'm not going to say anything about that. You need to watch that part. It's more funny when you see it than hearing somebody talk about it. But he does do that. Um, it's it's just, I guess it's the lightheartedness of the movie, how it was a daily thing, how they would just get bullied by these kids every day after school. Yes, and you almost them. find it humorous that it's like, you know, <laughs> it's you know the end of the day and you see them kind of scurrying home and being chased by these kids and then the little brother chasing after and it's like an everyday thing when you think oh, these kids are being bullied right how many how many times do they show the scene where they're running away and it's it's they've accelerated the speed of the tape yes. they go faster and like you said the brother going what up guys wait up yeah. then they get in front of the school and he's like he's telling them to come over here he's like when i tell you to come you come here now he goes um i can't the bell rang and he takes off and runs and leaves flick by himself Poor flick, tongue yeah. stuck to the pole. And what was that stuff on his tongue when he came in? Was that? I think it was, was like that, gauze or something. I said, I couldn't tell if it was like gauze of some sort or if it was ice off the pole stuck on his tongue <gasps> or something that looked weird. But I was thinking that's got to be gauze of some sort. But uh, poor flick gets it worse again. He has to go there and face the bully. He just puts his hand behind his back automatically, and turns around, <laughs> and starts saying, "Uncle, uncle, uncle." But then he walks in with a black eye and everything. I was like, "Oh my right. god." He's a weak guy beat up. Kid can't win. Just not fair. Uh, so, so many great things, though, to uh, to, to watch and like about this movie. So, anybody, if you get a chance to watch it, make sure you take uh, the time to go ahead and watch it this year. It's the, as it says down below here, tis the season. You know, it's time to get those Christmas specials in, time to get these Christmas movies in. Break out uh, your pink bunny PJs. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, the, you know, if you watch the movie, you'll get that reference as well. Uh, that's awesome uh, I would never in a million years be caught wearing that um, <laughs> I would <laughs> I would not, not me not me. want to see if somebody can find you the pink bunny pajama outfit so you can wear that for your page and there everything. you go, that's, DM me that's, if you have it that's, that's what we'll have to do we'll have to do that uh, that would be hilarious by the way I would totally rock those <laughs> it would It would be crazy uh, well, well, since, we're, since we're bringing up your page while we're doing this go ahead and tell everybody again what it is you have out there that you do I know we mentioned your name truly outrageous 80s but just let them know what you're all about uh, just a page of nostalgia mainly 80s I sprinkle in a little bit of 70s and 90s because of course that's part of my childhood as well but mainly 80s a um, little bit of everything movies, music, toys just anything that brings you the feels and it's truly outrageous 80s, pretty much everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. I'm a little slow on the YouTube, but I'm trying to build it. And yeah, I love interacting with the 80s community and reminiscing and all that fun stuff. It's a blast. I've had a blast since doing this. I've met a lot of great people doing this too, um, yourself included, obviously. But a lot of great people, a lot of nice people. We have a lot of fun talking about these things that we used to do. We used to love things that we, you know, liked collecting. Uh, something I mentioned here recently, and I put up on Instagram. I was a uh, always been a big uh, fan of the last Starfighter movie, and we even did a last Starfighter episode here with Catherine Mary Stewart and Lance Guest, and that was like the highlight of my year. I think at that mm-hmm. point, at that time, I got the idea I would um, buy myself the uh, like a replica of the movie poster of last starfighter and i had emailed out to uh from her webpage that she's got uh Catherine mary stewart to ask her does she have anything set up where people can mail to a p.o box 
to request an autograph, pay for an autograph, stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm never going to see these two people at a comic con anywhere near me, probably. Right. Um, and so if it if it costs around the same cost as comic cons were, I was okay with it. I was up for that. So it did. So I mailed it out to her, and then she signed it and mailed it to him. Wow. And then he signed it and mailed it back to me. So I went and got a frame for it and put it on my wall. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, Actually, I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it was pretty good. It's like the highlight of my room for me every time Definitely. I come in here. I was like, I look at that thing probably daily. It's like a, yeah. I sound like I sound like a little <laughs> kid at this point talking about that, you know. But it's to me, it's just super cool because I never thought in a million years that I would have them on my podcast talking about a favorite movie of mine of all time like that, one of my favorites. Much less be able to send them something to sign and get it back without waiting six months to a year. Because you've heard horror stories of people mailing out <laughs> pictures. Yes asking for an autograph and people sometimes would get them back, but it might be three months later, you know, so, if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky or if you even get it back at all. So you don't exactly. see something you weren't sure of. So I took this plunge. I went and bought this poster for like 20 bucks <sighs> and I, 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 I took the plunge at, you know, sending the money out and everything that I was going to get everything done. And they did. They were they're real nice people. I, I give them credit. They're real nice people. They're real stand up people. And they, they they took care of everything for me. So yeah, that's awesome. cool. So all right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, we've got uh, to go ahead and get going on this one for this week. But if you guys really want to watch a great Christmas movie, a Christmas story has got to be in your list this year to watch. Um, other great ones. I know everybody's got their list they like to watch. Everybody knows them by heart. But if you haven't seen this one. Do yourself a favor and throw it in this year. Not the brand that they did. They did make a new one, a follow-up. All right. And I watched it and it's got the same kind of feel as the original, but this is not what I'm talking about. Get the original from 1983. You want to watch that. Oh, have you watched the other one? No. So you you would probably, if you like this one, you'd probably like the feel of this one because Ralphie himself, Peter Billingsley is doing the um, stuff where he's talking about everything. He's the one narrating. And what they're doing, they, he goes back home with his family, back to his mom to have their Christmas because the old man had passed away the year before. Right. Yeah. And they're I, doing I've their Christmas. About like it, that, so I've been so. interested in watching it, especially now that I rewatched this one. It's like, okay, now I have to watch it. Yeah. So you you would probably like it, I'm sure. So that goes for everybody else out there as well. If you like to, if you want to watch both of them, watch them both, but definitely watch the original one. You can't go wrong with it. So, <clears throat> well, uh, Cindy, thanks for sitting in on this episode with us here, and um, thanks for having hope- me. I hope everybody enjoyed my banter and uh, Cindy's, uh, you know, exact knowledge of this great stuff and everything. I mean, uh, she carried the show for me practically. It's great, <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, so uh, thanks for coming on again. And uh, we'll do this again another time here soon. Definitely. Probably like uh, five minutes from now when we record the other episode. Yes. So, so anyway. Well, fragile it to everyone. Fragile. How do we leave that out earlier? <laughs> How do we leave that out? <laughs> Can't leave that out. It must be French. <laughs> it's fragile. <laughs> oh my God. All right. That's awesome. Everybody, we're going to go. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>